know that you matter. That's the biggest factor. Know that you matter. Make the choice. I'm here to help you, empower you to make the choice. The choice has to be yours to improve your life. I'm here to help you move forward in life with more ease. If you are wanting that, the choice has to be yours. Take the first step. It only takes one step. That step is knowing you matter to make the choice to change your life. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. We are here with Gina Higgins. She is a soul-inspired self-love and well-being coach. She is a co-author in a book called Adapt and Overcome with Pat Masidi. She has her book called Step Into Self-Love, and she has a website, author Gina Marissa. Now, Gina, there's no... I don't even know where to begin, right? You are a writer, seer, spirited healer, holistic counselor, wellness and self-development coach. So who are we talking about today? Who out there is hurt, has a problem? Who do you help and what's the problem they're experiencing? Okay. Basically, I aim at all those people that are in that position that I was in quite a few years ago. And that's the people that are feeling lost and Sick of not smiling. I was at a stage in my life where I just wasn't smiling. And I guess I, I never really admitted it. I guess I was a bit depressed. So feeling lost and unsure about what, you know, what life was bringing me. And that's who I'm aiming my life at in helping those people. And I think you can relate to that in just going through the, those life periods of just be, being down and in whatever way that manifests, right? You say depressed or glum or unmotivated or whatever. And it's, it's really, it, it's hard to talk about it, right? Because you say, I don't want to bother my friends. I don't know what kind of advice they have. Do I really need to go to a therapist? Is the problem really that bad? And it seems like it's stuck in mediocrity land. But what's good about this modern day and age here, Gina, is that people can do their research, right? If they're afraid to talk to someone, they can go and do some Googling and YouTubing and they can just see what the solutions are out there and they can like better understand their situation. So if someone is in, Absolutely. yeah, if they're in this bad space, how do they know if it's bad enough and how do they know if this is just a temporary period or if something drastic needs to change? How do they even know if it's just a bad enough situation to do? Yeah, that's a good question, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, most people don't acknowledge it that it is bad enough, really. I think it gets to a point where people suddenly realize that enough is enough and they become sick and tired of being sick and tired. And basically for me, it was exactly that. I became sick and tired of being sick and tired. And it manifested into complete and utter unwellness. And I did go to the doctor and the doctor did ask me if I was depressed over the years and going back and forth to the doctors. And of course, I was what I called a super positive person. So having someone ask me if I was depressed was like, Red flag. No, no, absolutely not. I am not depressed. There's something wrong. I can feel something's wrong and I don't feel well. And I was looking for the answers, but looking for the answers, I didn't find them until I sat still. 
So it was in sitting still that I actually started to face the fact that, yes, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And what transpired in that over the years in that going back and forth to the doctor, facing my unwellness and facing that I had slowed down and I wasn't functioning. But it was in that process that I realized that she can do the research and I'm here to help people so they don't have to go looking for the answers so in depth because hopefully I've got some of the answers for them. And it was in being still, not in slowing down and not doing anything. There's a difference there. So in my unwellness, yes, I went through a phase of sitting still, but I was just doing nothing because I wasn't functioning. It was actually in slowing down and hearing and reconnecting that I was able to find the answers. Does that so make sense? Starting to, but just like any good answers, it opens up new questions. And, yes. and so in this process of slowing down and sitting still, what does that look like? Because I'm thinking in my head, does that mean take a vacation? Does that mean meditate every day? Does it mean go out and pursue new activities? All of the above, find out what works for you. When you say sitting still, physically, realistically, what is that? Okay, it does mean been a lot of things and absolutely all of the above. So in the beginning, yes, I was sitting still because I wasn't functioning. The mind, body, everything was becoming to a point where it just didn't want to do anything. And in, you know what it's like when you're unwell, you can't function. You struggle to go through day to day and you basically slow down and do nothing. It was in the process of doing that, that I decided basically there's more to life than me. So in that, realizing that there's more to life for me and I didn't want to do nothing as in go on a pension and not function, I actually reconnected into my soul self and started, I guess, asking those questions and then listening for the answers. So yes, meditation is a huge thing, but I didn't even realize I was, I was meditating basically to begin with. So I went from running a very successful, busy business, sitting at a computer all the time, doing design work and under lights all the time. We sold the business because I was unwell. We had time out. In that time out, I began to go out and just sit and be still. I wasn't sitting at a computer. I wasn't sitting inside. I wasn't sitting in my recliner, just vegetating. I went outside and I reconnected to everything, to Mother Earth, just listening to the birds in the trees, listening to the wind in the trees, just being still. And I didn't realize that was actually a form of meditation by closing down that and I know most people will relate to that overactive mind where that mind just goes over and over everything and you overthink everything in your life. It, it comes to a point where you actually realize that you have to slow down the mind to be able to slow down your, your whole body. So it comes to that point of mind-body connection and then you throw in that spirit, that soul. So that's what my work is all about. And why it is all about, because it is mind, body, and spirit connection 
that you need to slow down and connect to. So yes, meditation was a big factor. And I didn't even realize I was meditating to begin with. But I did soon realize when I started to understand that my mind was slowing down. I wasn't overthinking things all the time. And I started finding some calmness within myself and some peace and some tranquility and that smile came back and I was able to function again. I don't know if I've covered everything you asked us then, but it really was that being still and learning to reconnect. And that is through meditation. I Great. And so you're There's saying a that... lot more involved, a lot more involved. We take in the, the diet factor and changing diet and changing the way you think, retraining your mind to look at life different and being grateful. I, I talk about it a lot, but gratitude changes so much in your life instead of you, you get to a point in your life where you're, you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. All you do is focus on that and all you do is focus on all the negative. It just brings you further down. So when you come to a point where you actually step into knowing that there's more to life and you begin to notice things in life that you have still to be grateful for because no matter what goes on in life, no matter where you're at and how sick you are, if you turn your mind to other things, there are always things to be grateful for. So that's another factor, just retraining your brain and seeing things from a different light. So it, it seems like a lot of what you're talking about here are the, just the bad habits that we've accumulated Absolutely. over time. And, Absolutely. And, and the other thing that comes to mind here is that negativity is very attractive. It's the easy yeah. solution. It's the quick fix. You can say, I'm unhappy. And, and that makes me a clever person. Or you can say, if, I don't, if I'm not where I am in life, it's not because of me. It's because of this thing that's making me angry. And as you said here, it's hard to pull yourself out of that. If you sunk deeper and deeper, into that pit of negativity, it can seem really unnatural to get out of it. And you mentioned this thing called gratitude, which uh, I think uh, a lot of people pay lip service to it, right? A lot of people say, oh, sure, I appreciate my house and my kids and my possessions, but they just don't really appreciate like the things that you don't think about, like your health or that you have running water or that you, you breathe or that you're living in this time of life. And so digging deeper into this gratitude idea how did you attack that or unpack that? Do you have specific like favorite things that you're grateful for? Or did you discover things about gratitude that took a while for you to figure out? Look, the whole thing is a journey. The gratitude things for me, this whole journey took me on a spiritual journey. So as I mentioned, it, it's reconnecting to your soul. And once you do that, you do start seeing things in a different light. And that is where that gratitude starts stepping in. And to, for me, it was as simple as getting to bed and lying in bed and just thinking about what I had to be grateful for in that day or in that moment. And that brings me to being the mindfulness. Everybody hears about mindfulness. It is about being present in the moment and being mindful of everything that is happening in your life in every moment and being in this now moment. If you want to be grateful, it's no point going over what happened yesterday or what's happened in the past. And you mentioned something earlier about how 
we basically, you covered on it without saying it, but we go through life being taught how to think and we're conditioned to believe certain things or to act certain ways. And also you touched on it without saying it, but people do fall into victimhood. It's easy to think the worst and stay in that position of going, woe is me, I'm not well, and stay in that victimhood. And lots of people go through trauma in their life. It's easy to stay in that lower energy. It's really a challenge to bring yourself out of that energy and lift yourself back into that positive, grateful. But it is a matter of stripping away those old thoughts and old belief systems that have been instilled in us since we were young. And in life, it's all around us. So it takes a lot to do that. The biggest thing for me, and this is what my chapter is about in the book, is that stepping into self-love. It was when I finally realized that I mattered that things started shifting greatly. And in a a moment, I want to get into that journey because that's interesting, right? Because it's easy to say, oh, here's this tip. Here's this advice, mindfulness, gratitude, meditation. And then, but then it's not just a matter of one and done. It's not just like I did it once and thanks, I'm cured. It maybe takes a while and it might have some sort of false starts, but I want to make sure that we cover our bases a little bit. You mentioned this thing called mindfulness. And like, I, I think I know what it is, but I've never actually heard like an exact definition. And sometimes you come across people that are beginners to this or they're experts and they've forgotten about the fundamentals. So if someone comes to you and says, pretend like I, I know nothing, what is mindfulness and how can I apply it? What's like the very beginner explanation of this? Look, I work from a place of using my intuition. So anything I speak from either what I know or intuitively. So. I'm going to just go straight out there and just say mindfulness is, for me, because everyone has a different perspective, but for me, I would say to you, mindfulness is putting in place the constantly being in this present moment. So you can use your mind in this moment to to focus on the here and the now. Being mindful of where you are in this moment. So in my other book, Slow Yourself to Wellness, it's actually a revised version of what I embodied. The first book was the book of love and light. And it it is basically, I didn't even realize that everything in that book was what I embodied to find my wellness. But Slow Yourself to Wellness is a revised version. It has a new section to the book where... Now you touched on this as well. It's an ongoing journey. It's not a magic cure. Hey, do your meditation, do this, do that, and you're well. Yeah, I did. I slowly became well. I became very well. But it's a journey. Unless you are consistently being mindful and practicing those things on a regular basis, and that's where the mindfulness comes in, you need to be mindful and do these things daily. You need to be constantly working at your wellness you need to practice those things like a ritual like a routinely it has to be ongoing otherwise you're going to fluctuate and i do i'm human and i am absolutely believe any coach or well-being 
coach or anyone that's teaching and helping people have to be honest. I learn from my own journey and my journey fluctuates as well. And if I need to rectify something, it's because I'm not being present in this moment and being mindful of every aspect of my life, every aspect of what is going on in this moment around me. If you are constantly thinking about yesterday or constantly worrying about tomorrow, you're not in this moment and you're not being mindful of where you are now. And there is nothing more draining than if you aren't being mindful of this moment, if you are constantly thinking about yesterday or tomorrow. It just sucks the life out of you. Okay, so so mindfulness is being in the present moment. And for some reason, like the metaphor that comes to mind as speaking here is when you're driving a car, right? You're driving a car from point A to point B, and you know where you're going to be, but your focus is on the cars around you. Because if, if you're not paying attention to right now, if you're thinking about my destination or, or that accident I almost got into back there, then yeah. you might crash your car or you might drive yourself to the wrong place. And you might get on the highway for a while and get somewhere and then get to your exit and you might take different lanes. But if you're never getting off the highway, that's bad. And if every if you're taking every single turn, then that's also bad. And, and so you're reminding me of different sorts of things. Like when I first heard of mindfulness, this whole idea of the uh, figure out, locate three things that you see and three things you hear and three things you smell. And it, it seems simple. It seems like it wouldn't work. But when you actually try it, it's, whoa, that's crazy. That's magical how it helps to just calm the nerves and soothe and slow down. Absolutely. And, and what also comes to mind, since we're talking about this concept of fluctuating, right? You say fluctuate and you, we do this yeah. little hand signal. Yeah. Um, fluctuating is okay sometimes, but I guess if you're fluctuating too much, then you need to be in, in the present moment and maybe just do some of these simple things. And what comes to mind is there's the book Think and Grow Rich that says things like, have a plan, have a to-do list, and every night write it down and speak it aloud. And in the morning, copy it, write it down again, and speak it aloud again. And so there's some of these just like really simple techniques that can get us there. And so you've been on this journey and you went from being in a funk to realizing you were depressed and so having the low point and then being on your way back up and figuring it out. And I know that there's, it's, there's never a finish line. No one's ever perfect. You're never complete. But how long would you say it took you from being unhappy with the design business into more in the era of where you are now, where you're a lot more happier and fulfilled? Is that months? Is that years? How long mm. did it take you to get there? Okay. Radio. So I was unwell for quite a few years. I sold the business in 2013. It was very unwell. By 2014, I was well and truly into my wellness. It was basically at the end of 2013. So mid-2013 sold the business. At the end of 2013, I started going outside, outside, excuse me, sitting there and saying to myself, there's more to life for me. And that's when I guess I was asking the questions. I was putting it out there. I guess it's connecting to that divinity and saying, I'm sick of this. What am I meant to be doing? There's more to it for me. End of 2013, I started asking those questions and I started sitting outside. I started that spiritual aspect of my journey to find my wellness. So by 
I think it was mid-2014, I remember my mum kept asking me to go to the club and see this friend of theirs perform and they'd go out dancing a whole heap of their friends and they kept asking me to go and I was like, no, I'm too sick. I've got fibromyalgia, I can't do blah, blah, blah. This was for a long time. Mid-2014, I thought, I'm just going. And I got up and I went to the club. I didn't tell them, I just turned up. I danced a couple of dances that night and I was still suffering. I couldn't move for a week, really. I got up and danced a couple of times and I couldn't move. So that was halfway into that. So six months into beginning my wellness journey and I literally couldn't move for a week, but it, it was the first step of getting up and really making that decision that no, I'm not going to sit around. I was well and truly into that journey, but by say a couple of months after that, I started writing the book and really beginning that journey. By the end of 2014, I was stepping out, out of the, out of my comfort zone and entering a spiritual journey full time, saying that I was a CEO and so forth and really connecting to that energy work and early 2015 my life just started changing. I was already a new person. I look back and I look at the photos and I often use them in my work from say 2013 to the end of 2014. I was a different person. 2015, I was a completely new person, but I was still working through it. I was well and truly feeling better, living a new life, helping other people already. My journey had already taken me to, through changing my life, I was helping other people already in 2000, early 2015, I started that side of things. At the end of 2015, my marriage ended and 2016, wow, that was when I really was stepped into who I really should be. It was like the, a whole new change. So roughly two years roughly two years to completely become who I am now. It took that period of two years roughly to really step into that self-love and fully embody that self-love and knowing how to pro progress through that journey. But, and well, it and yeah, yeah, and you, you've been through a lot and it seems like it's a short period of time, but so much happened with you in those few years there. And so what comes to mind here is that people are trapped in their own stories, aren't they? They tell themselves the way they think that their life is. Oh, my, my friends are going to the club. That's not me. I'm staying home. But why? And I guess the lesson I'm getting from you, you saying some of this, what lies are you telling yourself that at the moment you think are true, that is just the box that is your comfort zone. That's the story that you made up and you put yourself in it. And it's, it served you for a little while, right? It kept you safe for a few years and gave you some stability and helped you get to where you are now. But if you want to continue, maybe it's time to shed that story and put the story aside a little bit and say, sure, my story says I don't go to the club, but just for tonight or just for this week, I'm going to be trying something different. And I think that people talk a lot about these different tools, right? About meditation, mindfulness, gratitude, et cetera, but they're not presented as a way to get somewhere. And I think the missing piece and what you're talking about here is 
you want to have this sort of life transformation and mindfulness and gratitude and all those are good things, but it's use those to say, I'm, I've slowed down my mind. I've taken the inventory. I don't like where I'm at now. And I do want to be here instead. So let me slowly get there and do some better things. Get out in nature, hang out with my friends, stop working so much, get a new career, do these things and push myself and know that it's uncomfortable and it's awkward. It might be painful, but we need to get there. And now's the time. Absolutely. And as I said, the biggest factor was when I realized that I matter, because a lot of us just tend to go through life. Give, I mean, you, not everyone gets married, has children, all that sort of thing, but it doesn't matter who you are or where you're at or what you've chosen to do in your life or you know, where your life has taken you. So many of us just fall into the habit of giving so much of ourselves to, to everybody else, to our career or to our family, to our loved one, and we just deplete ourselves. And I think that is the key factor for me was when I suddenly realized that I had to look after me too, that and I realize that I matter because if I'm giving so much to everybody else, I depleted myself to the point where I became sick and, and physically unwell. So accepting and acknowledging that you matter and loving yourself enough to make those changes is a key point. And that's the beginning of it all, really. At the end of the day, it is the beginning is knowing that you matter enough to make time for you. And something I used to say, and still do say, if I'm out there doing talks, what's the one thing or sure thing that's going to help you learn to smile again? Because that was one of the biggest things. I was sick of not smiling. So the biggest thing and the most important thing you can do to bring back that smile is to do something that brings you joy. Now, going out dancing with my mum and dad and their friends brought me so much joy. It reminded me of the things that I like to do in life that I stopped doing. So it's making sure that you find time for you to do the things that bring you joy. But knowing that you matter enough to be worthy of making time for yourself whether that is going out dancing or whether that is getting up early and going to the gym or taking time to do your stretching and yoga or your meditation in the morning or journaling or eating healthy. We get so busy in life, just takes over and consumes people and it's just go, go. And that go just drains people. So you have to get to a point where you acknowledge within yourself that you matter. And when you realize that self-love, you begin that self-love journey. And so many people are hard on themselves and they don't acknowledge that if they would stop and realize that they are worthy of taking time for themselves, that you can go home from work and have to cook dinner and do the washing and clean the house and all those things. But at some point you get, whether it's 30 years later, like myself, that you deplete yourself. And you realize that you've got nothing more to give. So you can't keep giving if you don't replenish yourself. 
And that's what I had to do. I had to replenish myself. And yes, there's a whole lot of stuff we haven't touched on today or we'll be talking forever. And we don't want to give it all away. We want to give someone a taste. That way they say, I've got some ideas. I've got something that I can work with. I've got some reminders and maybe I've heard these things, but I haven't implemented. So maybe someone can pick and choose a few things to apply to themselves and implement and then come back and check out the rest of what you have to offer. But what comes to mind is there's all these sayings of you can't pour from an empty cup or put your own oxygen mask on first. They say things like self-care or if you're really not feeling great, then maybe do what's counterintuitive, right? If you're depressed and feeling sluggish, open up the windows and let the sunlight in, even though it feels weird, but you need to restore yourself. And it's not selfish. It's to recharge your batteries. That way you can help others and you can become the person that you know that you're meant to be. Because if not, busyness will take over and the, all the day-to-day minutiae activities will just gobble up all your time and it'll be sitting at the end of your life saying, where did all the time go? Why didn't I work on myself? Why didn't I fix these things? So if someone out there, Gina, says these things that you've been mentioning sounds exactly like me. It's as if you've been reading from my diary and I know I need help, but I'm not always sure where to begin. But I know that having some good resources and good friends in my life will get me on my journey. So if someone says, I want to dive into this mind, body, spirit, healing and growing process, and they want to go to your websites and check out some of these books we've mentioned, how do they find you? How do they contact you? What's the next step? Okay, GinaMarissa.com. That's the website. And you will find a link to purchase Adapt and Overcome. And you will also find a link to purchase my book, the revised version of the Book of Love and Light. And it is called Slow Yourself to Wellness. That's a great starting point. Absolutely. I've had so many beautiful people say to me that it was like a Bible to them. It, they refer back to it constantly. And sometimes if they're just feeling low, they'll open the book and just go, yeah, that's what I needed to hear today to remind me what I need to do. To be honest with you, one of the biggest things for me was letting go of that fear of judgment on this journey. And it took me from 2014, where I wrote the book, 2018, before I published the original version, the Book of Love and Light, because I had to let go. That's part of that process for me. I had to let go of that fear of judgment. I just let go of it now. Occasionally it sneaks back in, but letting go of that judgment, I have to say to people, go to my website. You can find that book, get that bloody book, because it does make a difference. That book is what I didn't even realize until I published it. That book was actually what I had embodied to to really find my wellness. And then the revised version, which is the book that's on that website now, shows where I went through a phase again in the last few years in a new relationship and a new phase in my life where I started to deplete myself again and had to realize that I needed to slow down again and stop giving. So it is there to help you. And then after you've embodied what's in that book, if you still need help, that's where you contact me. I've had so many beautiful people, they come to me for either in-person session, whether it's coaching, counseling, intuitive guidance, or whether it's that healing energy, uh, energy healing session, and they absolutely change their lives. So between that and the guidance that I give them, they go through a phase and they change their life as well. But after that, 
one other factor is in that big ball of everything. And as I often say to people, I'm multifaceted. We all are. There's so many facets of my work. And one factor is that we haven't touched on is the stress management. Because I did realize during my process of finding my wellness that stress had played a huge part in that unraveling. And that comes back to that overthinking where we need to step back into that being mindful and being present. But stress can play such a huge factor in people's unwellness in life. Bring all that into the spiritual aspect. But I have that as a separate identity as well because some people aren't ready for that spiritual journey. But they need help with that stress management because stress plays havoc on people's bodies. So I had that aspect as well. Now you will see that in a separate website that I'm working on at the moment because I am actually working on a program to help people that can't come to me or that don't find me through my website or not forgetting Gina Marissa Wellbeing Coach in on Instagram and Facebook. Follow me there. My biggest following is on Facebook, of course, but Instagram and Facebook is where you'll get all the poems that I get, the little snippets of writing that I do and pop on there to help people. It's about empowering people to change their life. It's about empowering people to make healthier choices in their life. It covers all sorts of things. You'll see that on my Instagram, but there is a separate one called Relax, Breathe, Be Well. And I'm just really getting that going because there's a corporate world out there and a whole other world that aren't in that spirit circle that need help as well. So Relax, Breathe, Be Well, I'm working on a program at the moment which purely focuses on stress management, but it does cover a little bit of that important stuff like the meditation and the mindfulness as well. So that's so much, so many good projects. (laughs) Multifaceted. That's how we shine. That's how we shine. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can see how have all these different kind of aspects, different kind of entry points. And it's just a matter of figuring out where you're at and where you just want to jump in, whether that is the stress management or the life goals or better habits and better choices. And so the best thing for you right out there in podcast land watching or listening is to go to author Gina marissa.com that way you can tap into her energy her positivity and everything you have going out there because you know we've all settled into the circle of groups of friends that that we have right friends family and guess what a lot of them are real debbie downers right negative they're miserable and they want nothing else but to make you as miserable as them if not even more miserable that way they can see well see i'm down here and they're just a little bit below me and that that's no they way to live. They feed on the drama, don't they? They feed yeah, on the drama. Yeah, they're like vampires. They say, yeah, you're unhappy, absolutely. you have drama, and that, that gives them pleasure. And that does, that's really sick and twisted. We don't want that. We want you to no. find a better circle of friends or at least better advice, better information. Just better that, energy. Yeah, b- better energy and just better everything. And that comes from the website, from the books, from the courses. So the next logical step, the very next thing to do to make that very first step for your life change is go to authorginamarissa.com. And as we are wrapping up, winding down our conversation here, Gina, do you have any final parting words of advice? Because we were all over the map, but if we were to 
put it in one final sentence or two, one final ball, one little package to say, send you on her way. It, it wraps up the conversation. I feel good. What's the parting words of advice here? Okay. Know that you matter. That's the biggest factor. Know that you matter. Make the choice. I'm here to help you, empower you to make the choice. The choice has to be yours to improve your life. I'm here to help you move forward in life with more ease. So if you are wanting that, the choice has to be yours. Take the first step. It only takes one step. And that step is knowing you matter to make the choice to change your life. Gina Higgins, author, GinaMarissa.com. Go there now. We'll see you there. And thank you, Gina, for showing up and blowing our minds today. Thanks, Robert. It was an absolute pleasure.